Hello, welcome to Hattrick. I'm Jordan Dollar Coltman. Elliot and Braden are with me as always. Welcome back, boys. Um, lots to get to this week. Uh, it's obviously uh, that time of year again. We're going to talk basketball uh, of the college variety as we get into March Madness and the beginning of the NCAA tournament. We're going to talk about baseball because baseball is back. Braden, I am sure you are very excited about that. It was the um, best birthday gift I've ever received. I sent you a really nice hat. <laughs> it, it was a close second. It was a very close second. Like, right. it's probably a tie egg. We'll get to that in the next episode of Bit Stop Podcast. Yes, which is coming back this week. All right. Well, um, now that I've been completely and utterly uh, let down by by this just devastating news that baseball somehow is a better gift <laughs> than what I had worked out, uh, let's just let's just get to it. I mean, uh, let's just <laughs> here we go. Here's topic one. All right. Um, we're going to start on the hard court, uh, and it, it, NCAA tournament is is here again. Um, one of those parts of the year that, you know, if you're interested in uh, uh, sort of tuning into a sport, you probably don't follow the rest of the year. Like the majority of people who all of a sudden become experts in bracketology when it comes to uh, basketball of the college variety, all of a sudden everyone knows everything about every little, you know, the storyline and player as if they've been following it. Uh, most people who are, you know, they just, nobody follows basketball in, in, in college the way that, uh, they pretend they do when it, when it comes to this time of year. And so that's why it makes it kind of fun. Everybody gets to pretend they're an expert and we're going to do a little bit of that ourselves. We're not going to take you through our entire brackets as we don't have a four or five hour long show, like what ESPN or what every other major network is going to dedicate themselves to for the next two or three days here. Um, as it's just blanket coverage. Instead, we will give you our picks for the final four uh, and the, and the championships. Um, but that is all we will do uh, pick wise before we get to that really quickly. Um, Elliot on a scale of like one to five, how, um, how excited are you every time this, this tournament rolls around when it comes to sort of, you know, the, the, the viewing habits that change and all of that, how much attention and, and, and energy do you give to, uh, March madness? Oh, it's a great question. It's really dependent on how much time I have. And, uh, you know, my capacity to actually um, sort of watch TV and sports, uh, not my favorite thing necessarily, but my, uh, I pay attention to it more than any other NCAA sport in, um, in that realm. Uh, so I do take note of like the final four. Generally, I will know who the final four is and I might even watch a bit of the championship game. Uh, I also sort of don't mind that there's basketball on TV all the time during March Madness because the product is really good. The games are interesting. They're shorter. I find them they're they're super swingy. Uh, they're it's college, so it's not as the systems aren't as well as in place. I mean, like most of these teams are professional the, 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 of a professional caliber, but next to the NBA, for example, the, the, it's uh, it's a little bit more loosey goosey, you know, you, you're going to get a guy with an open shot. He might not always make it. Like it's, it seems like it's always a, a for sure thing in the NBA. Um, I actually really enjoy uh, college basketball and March madness. And I think the only thing that holds me back from watching it more to be and being more invested is just how much I despise the NCAA as an organizing body. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think that, that that's true for a lot of people, obviously, it's been nice in the, in the last couple of years to see a little bit of progress when it comes to uh, at least the, 
image and likeness part of all of this and you know feels like we're at the beginning of a shift but you're right the ncaa is just one of those organizations that has a uh just a terrible shadow over it at all times so that definitely uh, changes things brain you are a resident um hoops expert and obviously uh mostly nba basketball I, I don't think you find yourself watching a lot of college basketball out of this spring tournament but you know you do follow it closer than elliot and i certainly do um I'll ask you the same question on a scale of one to five, although I don't think Elliot gave me a number on a scale of one to five, where do you find yourself excitement wise when this tournament comes around, how much of your viewing habits shift towards this? I think again, like Elliot, just in terms of how much time I have that, that definitely plays into it more than say, you know, I'll make time for an Oilers game or a, 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 an NBA game. But I think the thing that really stands out for me usually is who, uh, what kind of what kind of narratives are going into it? what kind of players are we going to be seeing especially with some of the uh, you know high-flying top prospects uh depending each year who's going at it i think that that definitely plays into it so i i'd, I'd lean on like a four a four actually going into it I'm, I'm usually pretty excited about it and then through uh through watching it kind of either trickles off or or gets more exciting i think the most ex i've experienced most excited I've been with March Madness was most recently with, um, you know, Jalen Suggs hitting a crazy shot for uh, Gonzaga. The Gonzaga team was incredible. Um, uh, so, so yeah, so I, I'd say probably about a four and, and going into this March Madness, I, I'd maybe say a four and a half because there's some really exciting talent that's going to be in this tournament. So let's talk about that for a second. I mean, I'm going to give you a couple names. You're going to tell me who you're most excited to see. You have, uh, and I'm not going to do great with a couple of these last names, but I'm going to try. You've got Oscar uh, Tieshbo. Is that right? Tieshbo? Tieshbo out of Kentucky, uh, whose numbers are just ridiculous. Apparently, he's just, you know, he's one of the best national players all, all season. You've got uh, Johnny Davis in Wisconsin, um, who's a big reason that they, you know, they won the Big Ten title and, and a very exciting player. You have a player with arguably one of the most, uh, well, just, one of the most fun names to say, uh, Kofi Cockburn out of Illinois. Uh, I'm just going to leave it with that because there's a lot of things where we don't want to go with that one. And then obviously Jabari Smith in, in, in Auburn, who's turned Auburn into a real contender here. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they're, they're a number one team largely because of, you know, how good he has played. And then obviously also, you know, you've got a couple guys in still playing for the Bulldogs in Gonzaga. Um, so there's lots of great players. Who are you excited to see? This year. Well, I, who, who are the, the names you're looking towards? Yeah, yeah the, the the main one that you didn't even so you, you mentioned the team and and that they're with the Bulldogs, but um, Chet Holgram is going to mm. be uh, uh, an incredible star in the NBA. He's one of those guys that comes out. Uh, he's going to need to fill out and stuff, but he's like a seven foot guy. He can he can shoot threes. He's got he dribbles the ball like a point guard, but he's his wingspan seven foot six. It's ridiculous. This guy's generational, um, and and we're gonna get to see him on a very very already good Gonzaga team. I laid any of those names stand out for you, other than Coffee Cockburn? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Cockburn, I did. There's one guy that that we we should mention, Shaden Sharp playing for Kentucky is going to be a lot of fun. He's Canadian. Uh, guess, so there's a bit of a draw there too. Yeah. So those are the kind of stories that I end up following and enjoying. I don't go in with a lot of knowledge 
ahead of time. And I actually don't find uh, I glean a lot of interest from uh, I glean a lot of interest from from looking at the the, the next NBA stars and, and the young stars. What I love in this tournament is actually the stories of like the fifth year guy who this is the, he's never going to be drafted. He's just like a team guy all around. Maybe he's got some defensive prowess or something like that, that this is his last game in college and at this level of basketball forever. And then he's going on to like, quote unquote, real world. Uh, From a you car know, dealership or something. Yeah, or, you know, or something like that. You know, he's graduating at the end of the year and, and, uh, or, and, you know, he's going to get his master's or something like that. You know, I love those stories. Uh, that emerge throughout the year, especially on 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 teams that are either uh, you know you know that eight seven eight nine seed where maybe they get a little bit further than anyone had predicted, and uh, you know it's a team effort and everyone's coming together. There's not one star. Th- those are the ones that I really look forward to. Um, again, I'm not the biggest NBA fan, so it's not. I I guess in some ways this is like the World Juniors for hockey in terms of seeing like the next level of stars in that case. But I really enjoy those. The, those the, you know those final stories or those interesting stories that aren't necessarily related to the NBA. Now, Braden, is it safe to assume that we're going to be hearing a lot more about this tournament on your other podcast? I'm. Um, I reckon we'll be speaking about it quite extensively. Uh, yeah. Yes, we will be. Okay, so I'm going to leave this part of it there. Then we'll turn it over to you guys, who are the real experts, because as Elliot just admitted, this we are we Elliot and I are very casual fans to this. But um, we will now pretend we are experts, as most of America does when it comes to filling out brackets. Now, I have I gave you guys the homework of going uh, filling out your brackets earlier in the day. Obviously, the selection, um, all of those uh, announcements were made earlier on Sunday. So we now know who all the teams are. We've gone through our brackets. We're going to jump forward a few weeks um, and. Well, let's walk through our top four for so our final four, and then we can p- talk about who we have going to the final. So Braden, who is the first team you can pick from any of the East, West, South, Midwest, or whatever uh, districts, where, where, where do you want to start? Which team do you have in the final four? Give us your first one. Yeah. My, my first team is going to be a return of the Gonzaga Bulldogs. I think, like I said, with Ted Holgram, this is a, a team that has been there, knows how to be there and they fell short last year. Uh, or, or I'm trying to remember now. Yeah. They lost. They fell short last year, but they won the year before, I think. So they've, they've got, I, uh, I don't believe they did. Being there. I don't believe Gonzaga's won. I believe Gonzaga has been there to multiple finals and is yet to win. And I might be wrong. Win. Double check this. So if that's the case, that's a great narrative to uh, to be playing into. I love I love uh, you know Elliot said too about the the uh, the teams that you don't expect to continue moving forward. Like the the upsets are what makes this tournament so exciting. I just don't think that Gonzaga is going to find themselves in an upset this year. Uh, Elliot, do you want to tell us who you have coming out of the um, West then? Yeah, I also have Gonzaga coming out of the West, mostly because I like their logo. Nice. So, yes, Brayden, I just did my double checking. They were the runner-up in 2021, and they were also the runner-up in 2017. They nice. made the Elite Eight in 2019. Obviously, there was no tournament in 20, and they made the Elite Eight in 2015. So those are their top finishes um all time so they are an elite program that has yet to find a championship so obviously uh a, you know a pretty big uh pretty important um 
uh, sort of final ascent for them if they can make that happen. As you said, great storyline. Let me uh, just round it out and say I also have Gonzaga coming out of the West, and I also uh, I, I just I think they are destined for another great opportunity. Let's but do... I just want to say quickly on on the West, yeah. it's, it will, it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of focus drawn on Coach K's uh, last tournament here in the NCAA. Uh, with Duke sitting second. So they do have a chance. Sorry, East. No, you wanted to go South. Wait, where do you want to go? Midwest? Stand by. That's the um, only other place we can go. Uh, we can go West, East, South, <laughs> or Midwest. The final four is set up West and East, and then South and Midwest. So to face right. Gonzaga, who would be West, you have to go to the East. Who do you have coming out of the East, Braden? I have John Calipari's Kentucky... Kentucky Wildcats. There we go. That's it. Yeah, you did it. Well oh, done. God. <laughs> the Kentucky Blues. Blue. Wildcats. There you go. All right. So we have Gonzaga versus Kentucky. Uh, Elliot, who do you have coming out of I did East? not go with Kentucky. I have Purdue actually beating uh, Kentucky and then beating UCLA and uh, coming out of the East. Purdue. Lots wow. of there's a lot of hype about that program. I think there's two really interesting teams. There's the well, there's lots of interesting teams, but uh, I also really like the UCLA team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to go far as well too. But I have Purdue coming out of that side. Well, I really like the UCLA team, and in fact, I have them facing Gonzaga coming out of the East. So they would be a four seed nice. who would be the highest climber for me of my final four. But yeah. I do have them upsetting a couple teams to get there, and um, that sets up the East-West matchup of Gonzaga versus UCLA. Let's jump over to the South. Braden, who do you have coming out of the South? I don't know. Let me look here. Um, I've got the, uh, here it is, Tennessee. I've taken the third seed. Okay. That's a bit of a wild card pick, but I'm going to go with it. And it's the Tennessee uh, Volunteers. Volunteers. Yeah. Right. Volunteers. I should have known that one. That's okay. Uh, that's that's interesting. a strange name. I do have them Tennessee. in the, I do have Tennessee in my round of eight, okay. um, but I'm not going to tell you who I have beating them. Elliot, who do you have coming out of the uh, South? I have Villanova beating Tennessee, if there's any, but then after that, losing to Arizona, who's my other number one pick that I've picked, mm. or Arizona is the team that I've got coming out of this uh, part of the bracket in the South. Uh, you know, I picked them and Gonzaga. They're my two number ones. I always try and do two number ones and then two others uh, when I do a bracket. And so that's my one this year. I also have Arizona. So uh, we are, we are even on that one. All right. Who do we have rounding this out coming out of the Midwest, Braden? Who do you have? This was a hard one. Cause it, it, there were, there were a lot of teams that stacked up and haven't, it looked like they haven't played a lot with each other so i'm not sure exactly what we're going to see when in the face off but i'm i so so this was a bit of a safety pick but i'm gonna say um i'm gonna say kansas gets there the number one seed here well okay elliot who do you have coming out of the midwest rounding out your final i four? went off the board this is a homer pick iowa is near and dear to my heart i have the number five iowa in the top five upsetting kansas and auburn to get there wow 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 Okay, I have Auburn uh, beating uh, Kansas in the round of eight to make it to the final four. Uh, so that is my 
Um, that is my final four. So let's just recap here. Braden, you have Gonzaga versus Kentucky. Yep. And then you have, did you say Arizona as well? No. Who did you have on the other side? No, I had Tennessee and Kansas. Kansas. Okay. So of those four, who do you have making the final? Making the final, I'm going to go with uh, Gonzaga and I'm going to say Tennessee. Wow. I think a lot of Tennessee fans would be very happy to see them get that far in the tournament. That'll be exciting. Um, Elliot, who do you have coming out of the final four into our championship? I have Purdue upsetting Gonzaga and Arizona beating Iowa. So you have a Purdue-Arizona final. I do. Okay, I have Gonzaga, the favorite, making it up against number two, Auburn, coming into the final. All right? Let's really quickly run this down to finish. Braden, you have who winning the national championship? Uh, The Bulldogs. Beating Tennessee. Yep. Elliot, who do you have winning the national championship? I have Arizona beating Purdue and ending Purdue's magical run this year. All right. And I have Gonzaga beating Auburn. So we have two bulldog picks and Elliot gets to be the odd one out. We know how well that went for me during the NFL playoffs. You never know, but this could all be over in a few days when brackets are busted on the first, you know, first few days of the tournament, which always happens. Uh, The round of six 64 is always the most dramatic and exciting because there's always inevitably going to be a couple teams that surprise people. Um, and, uh, and that's what we'll wait to see. We will leave the rest of this to the experts. Braden and Christian, I am sure, will give us lots of more uh, educated analysis. Uh, however, Elliot and I and the rest of the majority of those who cho- choose to tune into the basketball uh, at this time of year can enjoy pretending to be experts moving forward. And we'll see how it all turns out in a couple of weeks. That's topic one. Hey, if you're a fan of Hattrick Sports, then I promise you, you are going to love the Backyard Basketball Podcast. Hattrick's very own Braden Dollar Coltman sits down every Wednesday with his best bud, Christian Steck. And together, they break down all the news, rumors, transactions from around the basketball world. Whether it's the NBA or college hoops, these two guys love talking basketball, and you are going to love listening every Wednesday on the Backyard Basketball Podcast. All right, let's go to topic two now to another sport that is technically not being played, but it's going to be played. The major league baseball strike is over. Pardon me. The lockout is over. We should be clear. The league locked out the players, but they have reached an agreement, a new CBA on the 99th day. You have to wonder for a second, how many reporters and journalists had already pre-written their 100th day article. (laughs) And then all of a sudden we're uh, very disappointed that they weren't going to be able to file it. Um, 99 days is, is all it took. Um, not so long at all, really, when you think about it. Um, I'm sure for people like Braden and, and, and diehard baseball fans, it felt like eternity. It was excruciating. But we got there in the end. Um, a couple of big takeaways, obviously. You know, this was an ugly one, but it was an interesting one because I think it's one of the first lockouts I can recall, especially for baseball or, or even just labor sort of situation, but especially for baseball where it felt like for the first time, like the tides had really turned towards like sympathy for the players as opposed to the feeling of like these rich players should just play the game and these rich owners should just 
you know, make a deal. It really did feel like everyone was angry with the league for causing this. Oftentimes, you know, it's felt like, you know, it's rich guys fighting rich guys. But I think there's a real shift in like billionaires are the real bad guys over the millionaires. You know what I mean? And I, it just felt different, but it, it is resolved now. Big things, obviously, to take away from it. Um, you know, there's a, a CBT threshold of $230 million in 2023 that peaks at 244 for the final year of the CBA. Um, there's new minimum salaries, 70, 700,000 is the minimum. It now peaks at a hundred, pardon me, seven eighty in the final year of the CBA. So there's a little bit of growth opportunity for the lowest paid players. Um, pre-arbitration bonus pool is now $50 million. And obviously the post season format changed to 12 teams. The biggest piece of it, uh, was also like the regression of some, some innovation, I guess you call them or, or changes. We lost the, uh, seven inning double header structure that had been put in place to try to shorten games. Um, and then also the man and second base uh, in extra innings that again was designed to try to shorten the game. So both of those innovations or changes were removed moving forward. So it feels a little bit like we're going backwards, but I'll, I'll again, I feel like I'm talking a little bit out of school as I am not a baseball expert, nor are I even really a true baseball fan. Um, so let me go to Braden first. You're obviously very happy that this has been resolved because you enjoy watching baseball, but as a baseball fan, are you happy with the result of all of this 99 days of uh, negotiation? You know, was this worth it? I hope so. I, I don't know if it uh, necessarily changes too much. I mean, I haven't looked and scrubbed through all of the changes with the CBA in terms of what the players are going to be receiving. And, and But in terms of the growth of the game, I think that, you know, it's yeah, it might feel like a regression or we're taking steps back, but I think it's good for the league itself to have tried something and realized, okay, maybe this wasn't necessarily what we need to do to impact change in those areas. But I think that they did a great job in terms of focusing on certain areas, like creating a, a 16 lottery for, for a draft. Um, there's going to be a universal DH. That's, that's a huge change for, you know, the differences between national league and American league. And, created a, a bit more universality of it. Uh, there's some changes in the wildcard structure of how the playoffs work. So there's uh, a little bit more playoff baseball, I think, uh, that, that we're going to get to see. Um, I think ultimately it's a, it's, it's a really great thing. This could have gone on for a lot longer, just, you know, based on how everything had started with the uh with the beginning of this lockout, but I think, uh, I think ultimately the players are going to be relieved and happy that they aren't missing too much baseball moving forward. And that, uh, I think for the fans, uh, you know, uh, fans rarely care about what's going on in the CBA. They just want to see baseball. So, uh, so I think, I think, I think it's great. I think it's great that we're back at it. I just want to double check. You did say you, you, you haven't read the entire CBA. You haven't read all 452 pages. Not yet, but I'm working my way. I will probably do that before I watch all 152 games of the season. Well, you, you'll certainly have enough time because, you know, those games are incredibly long. Elliot, you want to uh, jump in here? How excited are you for baseball to be back? Uh, very excited. I have a major announcement to make on the show. I've decided that this year I'm going to try harder to follow baseball. 
And not only am I going to, not only am I, I'm going to pick, obviously I'm going to follow the Jays as they're readily available to me. And that's going to be my, uh, uh, my AL team, but I'm actually going to select, and I haven't selected yet an NL team that I am going to support. And I will be providing regular updates throughout the season on my NL team and my AL team. And I'm going to try and watch as much as possible. Uh, that sounds like a joke, but I've actually decided I'm going to try and do this. So we'll see how it goes. I at least want to know, I want to be able to name like three starting players on the team um, by the end of the year. So uh, and be able to talk about it in a, in a meaningful way. Look, I think that there are some interesting things happening here. When we talked about this last time, we said baseball needs to have a reckoning. I think that they are, they have recognized that. It's not going to come to fruition this year. They're focused on getting baseball up and running, although the universal uh, um, uh, DH and, and some of the other stuff you talked about is interesting. I think they are going to look at some substantive rule changes next year, including potentially a pitch clock and some other stuff that seems to be rumored and players are going to have a say in that, which I, I think is important. Uh, so baseball has clearly got a lesson here. Uh, some of the weird stuff that have occurred in, uh, towards the end of this negotiation, the day before they got a deal done, MLB canceled a bunch of games. So it, the, the deal got worked out really well. thought it was really interesting that the uh, players union executives voted against this new contract, but the players themselves voted for it. Clearly they, the pressure was on and they wanted to play games uh, or they, they literally play games, not play the types of games that uh, the negotiators were doing. And I think that ultimately, you know, that says a lot about uh, the pressure that the league was able to put on the players and the deal that they're able to get. What happens? We'll see. I'm hoping for a better product. I think we're all hoping for a better product um, because I still think this hasn't addressed some of the major, what our major concerns are, Jordan, when we've talked about this, that this is a, this is now the fourth most important sport in the United States, I think. Yeah, obviously, you know, I think my opinions about baseballs, the current state of baseball have been made pretty clear. I don't need to rehash them here. Um, I like your ambition to uh, follow baseball more uh, intently. I think that's exciting for you. Uh, good for you. Uh, I would like to pitch you on an NL team. Uh, just because you I want find to pitch that... for the NL team that he's. No, no. Although now it'd be a lot easier because you don't also have to hit. I would like to. <laughs> propose uh an, an nl team to you um because i find them to be one of the most funny it's the padres it's gotta be the padres yeah it is definitely the san diego padres <laughs> any team whose secondary nickname is the swinging friars is just perfect for me they are brown and yellow colored which is just garish they play in probably one of like the america's sort of like uh, most cursed markets for sports <laughs> in San Diego. Uh, and they're called the Padres. They're literally just named after little old monks. Have you There's seen nothing their mascot? They get, it looks like a, 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 like a Disneyland mascot got lost <laughs> and found its way in San Diego. Yeah. So I would love it if you would try at least to uh, follow the Padres. You will, of course, suffer for years and years no, and no, years. No, Jordan. You don't understand. San oh, so now Padres it's a bandwagon thing now. Right oh, now. yeah. So yeah, now no. you're jumping on the bandwagon right at the right <laughs> moment. Please cheer for the Padres. They were 30 wins back from the Dodgers. Yeah, man. Fernando right Tatis Jr. is a star. 
in the MLB. Yeah, but this is baseball. This is the problem with baseball, Braden. He just told you they were 30 games back of the Dodgers, and you're telling me this guy's a star. This yeah. is the problem with baseball. They won't be anyway. this year. They won't be. All right. Well, uh, I was think some sound. That was some sound advice to Elliot. It's consider the Padres. Consider the Padres. And if not, definitely consider the Mets because you should suffer. Um, <laughs> all right. Let me, uh, let, me, let me give you each one more time and one more turn around the bases here. Uh, what should people look forward to other than just the obvious baseballs back, Braden? What are like for you the key storylines for this season if you have to water them down to like two or three? I know there's a lot going in, but for you, what are your most exciting storylines as a as a baseball fan? Other than it's back. It's back, baby. I think uh, mainly for myself, I'm a big Blue Jays fan, so I'm excited to see the next progression of this team uh, with hopefully healthy players. I think that's what all of our te- all of the uh, teams uh, are hoping for is a healthy start because it's a long season and. Uh, in, I mean, there's some, there's, yeah, like you mentioned, there's a lot of different, uh, different players in different places that creates storylines. But uh, I think just, just uh, having it back, I, I don't follow the NL too much. So the universal DH isn't going to affect what I watch or what I'm excited about, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping for uh, uh, a great season for the Blue Jays. Elliot. Uh, anything other than, you know, your newfound love of baseball that you are looking forward to? Well, let me tell you, I think that my, my favorite team in the NL, the San Diego Padres, have an exciting young lineup. Uh, one of the great young players in the game. And uh, they're Can you even remember his name? You just told him. you the first so even I told you, I don't, I haven't told you the year to learn his name. I told you. I have. <laughs> it's not if you can remember the team name by the end of it. So, uh, so very much looking forward to following San Diego this year as uh, they're, they're, you know, guys, you guys know this well about me. They're my favorite team in the NL. So always have been, oh, the bandwagon's pulling into town. All right. Uh, let's leave it there. That's topic two. Hey, if you're a fan of Hattrick Sports, then I promise you, you are going to love the Backyard Basketball Podcast. Hattrick's very own Braden Dollar Coltman sits down every Wednesday with his best bud, Christian Steck. And together, they break down all the news, rumors, transactions from around the basketball world. Whether it's the NBA or college hoops, these two guys love talking basketball, and you are going to love listening every Wednesday on the Backyard Basketball Podcast. All right, we're going to finish it off uh, in style here. Some hats off for you for this week, um, the week of March 14th. Braden, who are you taking your hat off to this week? I'm tipping my hat off to the uh, greatest number five in Boston Celtics history. Anything is possible. Kevin Garnett had his jersey retired tonight in the Boston Gardens, TD Gardens. Uh, so my hat is tipping off to Kevin Garnett. That's a real like power move, eh? By the Toronto Dominion Bank of Canada, that they <laughs> bought the naming rights to Boston Gardens. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. Uh, Elliot, who are you tipping your hat to this week? Two, two teams, two, two groups of players. The Briar concluded today with uh, Gushu beating Kui uh, in extra ends. Uh, lots of great storylines here, including the Gushu team playing with three players instead of four because of COVID. Uh, extra ends is always exciting in curling. Uh, curling is a great sport. It's Canadian. Uh, I tip my hat to those 
two teams for entertaining us for um, however long the bra goes on for. Professional cleaning. All right. Uh, I'm going to tip my hat to what I think is the greatest comeback in all of sport. Everyone thought he was gone. Everyone thought it was over. After all of his success, all those years of just dominating. Kevin Magnuson is back with Haas. Nikita Mazepin is out. His father and his father, uh, his father, obviously a Russian oligarch, was the found like the main sponsor of Haas Formula One team. They removed him and the sponsorship from the team after the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. They did not want any association with a Russian company. His son followed him out the door. Uh, and we wondered for a few days who Haas was going to tap to bring in. Maybe it was a young, exciting driver like Oster Piastra, Oscar Piastra. Maybe it was going to be Phil Patti. No, they went back to good old Kevin Magnuson. He left the team a year ago in some disappointing uh, fashion. He's back and I'm very excited for him. My hat goes off to Kevin Magnuson. Best comeback of the week. Yeah. Yeah. You all thought I was going to go with somebody else. I did not. All right. As we round up the show here, Elliot, I want to give you a heads up. March 18th, the Padres are scheduled to play the Mariners in spring training. 1.05 p.m. Do not miss it. They then play the Cubs and the Brewers. So lots of baseball coming at you here real quick. For everybody else out there, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support. Please subscribe if you haven't already on iTunes or anywhere you get your, your uh, podcasting needs met. Really quick. Uh, updating note from the network pit stop is back the pit stop podcast returns for a brand new season it is on its own feed you will not find it here on hat trick anymore so if you are a fan of formula one if you want uh fun up-to-date news analysis and just good old uh conversations about formula one the new episodes will drop every tuesday of uh following each race of the season so it's not every week it's following every race the, the next upcoming Tuesday, we do have a, an episode this Tuesday, which will be our big season preview. Uh, we will give you uh, all of the news from all the off season, all of the updates moving through the two practice sessions. We have now seen the cars on the track. Very exciting. And we also will do a very special edition of Formula One for Dummies. Um, where we will introduce some big concepts about the sport that we're trying to help people who are new to the sport feel more uh, like it's more accessible and all of that. Whether you are a huge motorsports fan or you have never watched a Formula One race in your life, this podcast is for you, but you have to go out and find it now. Anywhere you get your podcast, just search, search the Pitch Stop podcast, or you can just look up the Ordinary Podcasting Network and you'll find it there on iTunes. Thank you for, thank you, Braden. Thank you, Elliot. Awesome week. Awesome show. Go Padres. That was Hattrick. Hattrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. I've subscribed to all their social media. You're going to like this team. I've found a podcast about them already that I've subscribed to. I'm all in. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, 
Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.